Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. We're in the second week of our series called It's the Attitude for Me, and um, I'm I'm giving a message today that I feel is one of the most important messages that I've given for quite a while, I believe, um, because a lot of you, I feel, are right here. Uh, So I want to go to our second verse, uh, that we're our second attribute that we're going into today. So let's lift your phones, your iPads, your tablets everywhere. Go ahead in your household. uh, Go ahead and let's lift it up and let's make our confession together. Y'all ready? Let's go. This is God's word for my life. I read it, receive it, understand it and love it. I'm so glad I have what I need to grow. And all of you all who are new to our family, new to even our Facebook group, those of you who are keep hearing about it, I want you to make sure you join it. We are connecting and we're communicating in there and I don't want you to miss it at all. It's not just exclusively for members, it's for everybody and all of our family, growth point anywhere. Matthew, the fifth chapter and verse four, and I'm through here, we'll go right into the word. Matthew, the fifth chapter and verse four, and it says this. It says, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Last week I was talking about blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And we talked about that this week. I want to talk about blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And I know we just got through praising. I know we got through shouting. And we talked about, I will call on the name of the Lord. Uh, But I want to really talk a message today that I believe will speak right to your heart and probably give you language for what you haven't been able to say out loud. And today's topic from this particular scripture is I want to talk from the topic, uh, it's okay that I'm still not okay. And I want you to be able to confess that to your room, say it, you can text it right now. If you don't hear anything else for the rest of the message, I want you to confess out loud, it's okay that I'm still not okay. Um, That is contradictory to just about everything that we've ever heard oftentimes in church, um, that by now you should be over things, but we're in a season and in a time where um, within the last year, we've experienced enough to cause anybody grief. All of us are going through some different area of grief and whether that be politically or racially, even though we're even in um, Black History Month and we are celebrating the contributions of um, those who have gone before us and those who are still doing things right now and we celebrate that, but we're still going through an uphill battle in racial justice and equality. Uh, whether you are going through economically or socially, uh, emotionally, educationally, um, or actually you just want to acknowledge I'm just going through personally. Um, We have longed for things that in some regards have been out of our reach. And in this nation with 26.6 million cases of COVID and over 416, uh, excuse me, 451,000 deaths that have been related to COVID cases. 
uh, we've been trying to find words to explain what we're feeling and how we're trying to cope. And we're trying to do all of this stuff, these coping following procedures. Um, arguing about what stu when students need to go back home, when they need to go back to school. Some of y'all want to send them to somebody else's home, but we're arguing about when should our children, when should students go back to school, and we're asking ourselves as a church body, when is it safe, when can we return back to in-person worship, because this online church is not for me. I don't like it. And uh, I want to tell you all, um, those of you who are not in this room right now, somebody just raised their hand just to identify with that, because they're speaking what you all are saying. You're saying the same thing. And I want you to know I'm grieving too, because I'm, as a part of pastoring, it's pastoring people, and we're not even seeing the people often that we're pastoring. Um, so we're all grieving, and we're all in that state, and the list of coping just keeps growing. Um, uh, the going through... And this is where I'm going, and uh, I'm, this is not going to be a solemn message, so y'all tune off. Uh, I'm, I'm still going to bring you back up in a minute. I just got to got to bring it down, then I'm going to come back up. I'm just going to be like a slow, a slow plane. We're just going to take off in a minute. Um, but the going through is not the focus of this message. Uh, the focus of this message is acknowledging that you're going through. Uh, because many of us are not okay, and you won't say it. Because you think if you say it, it means you're not spiritual. And you think that if you don't say that you're going through, that you don't have faith. Um, but contrary to what you might have heard through messages, what you've heard through other people, there is a myth that you will never go through anything. But that is not true. Uh, there are two areas that many of us are dealing with, and it's called repression and suppression. Uh, repression is where you're trying to block what you um, are going through. You're trying to block it. And then uh, suppression is you're consciously blocking it where you're saying, I refuse to deal with this. Uh, uh, repression is, I'm going to do whatever I can to keep myself from going through. But suppression is, I'm refusing to deal with what's going on in my life. And I want to talk to you about that today as I raise it up just a little bit, that I want to make sure that you learn how to talk about what you're going through. And that you learn how to put language to what it is that you're experiencing. Uh, David even confessed this in Psalms 32 verse 3. He says, when I kept silent, he said, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. What does that mean? If you don't talk it out, you will take it out on people. If you don't talk out what you're going through, if you don't talk about it, you'll start to take it out on people. And that's what David was saying. He said, when I kept silent, my bones started wasting away. And, and what he was saying is, he said, through my groanings all day long, and I want to tell many of you all, you can mourn or you can moan, but you can't do both. You can mourn or you can moan, but you can't do both. Uh, scripture says, blessed are those who are mourning, for they shall be comforted. Not blessed are those who are moaning. 
moaning of those people who are complaining and always grabbing and going through and, and oh, this ain't right and all that type of stuff. It says, no, those people who are mourning is basically acknowledging I'm going through something. And you can't the think about the situations that we go through. You can't go around it. You've got to go through it. And so you have to be able to mourn for you to be qualified to be healed. And that's what uh, Psalms 39.2 says. David says, I was mute and silent. I held my peace to no avail. And because I was quiet, my distress grew worse. And some of you are going through more just because you won't talk. You are going through, you have made your situation worse than what it might be because you won't say anything. You're medicating it through drugs, medicating it through different types of activities, medicating it through binge watching, all these different things. And you just won't talk and say anything. You're like the nutty professor sitting there eating a bowl of ice cream and you're trying to medicate it through something that is temporary. There's only satisfaction of something that is adding calories to you and not adding healing to you. And because of that, you will not deal with what's going on inside of you. And David said, because I was quiet, my distress grew worse. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody in this cyber sanctuary today, but the appropriate response for you is not for you to fake it, but for you to face it. If we're going to go through this this year, if we're going to make it through this season, and yes, we'll resume normalcy, uh, some not normal as far as what we know. Yes, we'll come back in the sanctuary. Yes, you'll be able to go back out and turn down for what? You get to do all that type of stuff. But if you don't face it, you'll keep faking it. You will keep faking that everything is fine. And what happens is like the praise break, and I love the praise, you can shout and be bruised. Uh, because the, the shout does not heal the wound. It gives you a, a moment of, of emotional outbreak that you can get a release through a moment. But after you get through it, you've got to face it. Someone put in the chat right now, you've got to face it. When I begin to acknowledge, and this is the encouragement I want to give you, and then I'm going to raise it up and we're going to shout again, I guess. I don't know. But when we begin to acknowledge that you're not okay, then you're able to recognize that your life is blessed. Because we have not talked about this to be able to say me going through means I'm blessed. We're like, no, me going through means that I'm cursed. No, he says, blessed are those who mourn, for they should be comforted. And this is why it's important for you to be able to say it's okay that I'm still not okay. And that, that still, I added it. I, I didn't want to add it at first. I was going to say uh, it's okay that I'm not okay. But sometimes you have to put the still because some people think you should be over what you're not over yet. And you have to be able to start practicing and start saying even to yourself, it's okay that I'm still not okay. Me not being okay doesn't mean that I'm not blessed when I'm not okay. Me not being okay means that I'm qualified to be blessed. So I have to acknowledge that in the midst of me not being okay, I'm actually a candidate for a blessing. That's what the word says. So the first thing I find out in the scripture is, he said, I, I'm not okay and it's okay that I'm not okay and the reason I'm encouraged by that is because it qualifies me because God is near me. God's near me. And that's what I have to encourage myself. My friends might not be, but God is. How do I got a word for it? It says Psalms 34 verse 18. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Does that qualify anybody who's watching right now? Anybody who's streamed it right now? If you got a broken heart, God's near you. You don't get over grief. You get through it. Everybody keeps saying you're going to get over your mama dying. No, you won't. You'll get through it. You don't get over those type of things. We won't get over COVID. We will get through it. 
You don't get over it. It happens. The, 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 the repercussions of it, they're there, and, and you have to adjust to a new normal. You get through it. God is near me. Hebrews 13, 5b says, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. The more crushed I am, the more close he gets. The more my wound, the, see, doctors don't show up to heal well people. When a doctor shows up, he shows up because there's someone sick. If you won't acknowledge that you have a pain, you can't get healed. Jesus shows up because you're crushed. When you sit there saying, I'm good, God says, well, let me go on to somebody who's not. But when you say, I'm not good, God says, well, let me stay here because I'm near to those who are brokenhearted. And if you're brokenhearted, someone needs to give God praise just to be able to say he's here. I'm a candidate for God's presence. My friends can't come to me based on quarantine and, and, and CDC, C, uh, whatever, guidelines and all these different things. Uh, they, they try, I can't even say it. I'm tired of saying it. And Dr. Fauci and all these things. I, I can't even have friends. I can't even have a party. My birthday was on Tuesday. Couldn't have nobody over. But God was near me. And that's what you need to celebrate. If you don't have nobody else to share a cake with, God loves angels food cake and you need to celebrate the fact that no matter where you are no matter what you're going through God is near you put in the chat God's near me God God is near me I don't want to stay there too long I feel like the old preachers lest I stay there too long let me hasten on to a close and that's the first thing is God is near me secondly God is with me now that sounds like the same thing no God near me means that he's never far away from me God is with me means he'll step in it. If you're grieving, he'll step in it with you. He won't only just be near you and look over at you, but it means he'll step in it with you. I got a word for it. Psalms 23 verse 4 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death that that valley of the shadow of death is actually a ravine who over is overhung with with cliffs that are filled with a dense forest and and is actually a place that when you walk through it it incites fear because of what it looks like it's like dorothy and tito and and the lion and the tiger and the tin man walking through and and they're walking lions and tigers and bears oh my lions and tigers and it, 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 it incites a type of fear and he says even though you go through something that is inciting fear in you I will walk with you through things that are trying to impose danger upon you he says you don't know what's in the danger but I'm in I'm with you in the danger though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for you are with me now it goes on he says for your rod and your staff they are comforting me now, all the church people know what rod and staff is, but I want to talk to Cletus and I, I want to talk to everybody who hadn't been in church for 20 years and for 40 years. And you don't know what a rod and a staff is because you don't know what to praise God for. Well, a rod and a staff is a rod is something that is used to pull sheep out of danger. Huh. When, when sheep go into a place where they're, they're going to throw them off, the rod will snatch them. Have you ever given God praise for snatching you? 
snatching your life some of y'all need to give God a snatch praise it's, it's not that I didn't want to but he snatched me uh, y'all, y'all are in this age where you have nice prayers I had snatched prayers that when you were wrong they would snatch you and get your life together sometimes y'all talk you talk too friendly to your parents and you just say whatever my mama if I look like my daddy if I look like I was going to say something they would snatch me and sometimes you have to thank God for the times that he snatches you the rod was used to snatch you and the rod hold on don't look lose me or the rod was also used to count sheep uh the counting for those of you who say uh y'all just into numbers and and uh those of you who are pastors like how many you got over there and we always into numbers yeah, i'm like i'm just numbers 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 and you think that yeah that's not godly yes it is no parent ever loses a child and says at least i got two more god counts sheep God knows when a sheep has gone out of place or gone out of position when he counts he says one two three four five seven eight nine seventy nine eighty nine uh, ninety nine wait one's missing and he will leave the whole packed church to go after one sheep who is not in position the rod and the staff he makes sure he counts and he pulls now the staff is there because the staff is there for the shepherd to rest on when he gets tired. So when the shepherd is tired, he'll rest on the, he'll rest on the staff. And that's why I want to tell some of y'all, take a nap. You think that God wants you to just overwork yourself. No, sometimes you got to lean on the staff. Take a rest. Take a nap. Do what you got to do. Just, that's the most anointed thing I've said in the last 20 minutes. Take a nap. Just put in a comment say, take a nap. And some people laugh at me on Sundays because they say, why are you taking a nap on Sundays? Because you ain't even preached. Listen, he anointeth my pillow with rest, and I shall lay down and sleepeth, and I shall recover, for the Lord sustains me. Somebody put in the comment section, take a nap. So the shepherd lays, he, he leans on it, not just for rest, but he also leans on the staff when the ground is unsettled. Sometimes the ground that the sheep or the shepherd is on is not settled. So the shepherd will lean over to make sure that he has secure ground. And then also the staff is used to guide the sheep back to a place of safety. Uh, when the sheep have been in danger, the staff is used to hook you and to bring you back to a place of safety. You should be able to thank God that even in the midst of your grief, he will make sure that you arrive safely. Let me move on there. We, and it's important, that's why I'm saying this, uh, while we know that the Lord is with us, it's important that we also hear this. I don't want uh, to over-preach you that you missed the point. We also have to teach our children how to grieve. Because you don't grieve, you're teaching your children not to. Because you won't attend the funeral and you won't attend that you won't talk about death, then they don't. So then you tell them not to cry, then that you don't cry because you're so hard. We don't cry in this house. We are tough. And your toughness is actually covering up the real humanity of you. And you need to tell people it's okay for you to cry. It's okay for you to go through. It's human. It's, it's, it's God wants you to do that. That's why scripture says in John 11, 33 through 35, it says when Jesus, when, when Lazarus got sick, we know the story. When Lazarus got sick, uh, they told uh, his disciples, they said, you know, uh, Lazarus is sick. The one you love is sick. And the scripture says that Jesus stayed longer where he was. And then later on, it finally out they said well well he's he's dead and he said well let's go 
Doesn't that sound wrong? They told him Jesus, he told him Lazarus was sick, he stayed. But when they say he's dead, he said, let's go. <laughs> Sometimes he's waiting on things to get, uh, get worse for him to show up. <laughs> he's, he's not going to show up when you can handle it. He'll show up when you can't handle it. Uh, so when it says he was dead, that's when Lazarus, that's when he said, well, let's go. And they said, he's crazy. Why is he going now? He's dead. He said, because now I'm getting to do something. Now I'm getting to show up. And when he showed up and one of the sisters was weeping, verse 33 says, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And it says, Jesus said to them, where have you laid him? Where's the spot? And then he said, they said, Lord, come and see. And then the scripture says, Jesus, then the scripture said, the shortest scripture in the Bible says, Jesus wept. But you so hard. Jesus wept, but you won't. You, 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 my family, we are a family of non-weepers. That's what's wrong. Jesus wept. Why did he weep? Because they were going through. When's the last time you cried over somebody else's thing? Jesus cried because he saw their pain. He got in the grieving with them. And every preacher, every leader, everyone who speaks at funerals, I want y'all to stop saying stuff like this. When you get in front of families and you start saying, I understand what you're going through. No, you don't. Just because your mama died does not mean your relationship with your mom was like their relationship with their mom. It's two different things. And then we say stuff like, and maybe y'all don't say it, but sometimes some of the stories that some of us preachers say, we say, you know, God loved your family member so much that he looked down into the garden. He saw a flower and he saw that your, 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 your loved one was that flower and he noticed that he needed that flower in his garden. So he came down and plucked up your loved one, plucked up your dad and plucked up your mom and took him up to his heavenly garden in heaven. And now you don't have to worry about where the flower is. Now the flower's up in heaven. You think God is, you think God is jealous of your garden? Last time I checked, the streets were paved with gold, not gardens. So we make your loved one a flower and that's supposed to comfort you? How's that working for you? Where they do that at? And we say these things and we sound so spiritual and so anointed, but that's not what sometimes you should learn how to just cry with people. And just say, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why your loved one's gone. I, I don't know why. I, I don't even understand. I don't have the words and I won't make up the words. I'm just going to be here with you. That's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't say, oh, Lazarus, don't worry about him. I'm going to get him up. You know, he cried. Jesus knew what he was capable of, but he also wanted to show them his humanity. To be able to say, I can cry with you too. I, I don't know who that's blessing. And I don't want any of the preachers who were watching to throw me off. I'm like, oh, that's why I don't like him now. God bless you. Hallelujah. You shouldn't have streamed in. But next thing I want to tell you. <laughs> next thing I want to tell you is that God is helping me. Those of you, just laugh a little bit. God is helping me. How is God helping me? He helps you through community. He helps you through family. You don't have to go through by yourself. 
Those of you who are going through by yourself, you don't have to go through by yourself. That's why God gives you a community that will grieve with you. That's why everybody that's watching right now, everybody who is not in a small group, you're not in a circle of growth, you're not connected. I want to give you a plug to get connected. We're not trying to make sure your calendar is booked. We want to make sure your life is inclusive of other people who you can talk to and that you can text and that you can be able to say, hey, I'm going through something. I can't wait to Sunday. Can you text me right now? Can you FaceTime me right now? Can you Zoom right now? Because I'm going through something. God gives you community as a safety net. There's no reason for you to go through alone. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up as you're doing. Uh, uh, Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verse 24 says this. Uh, it says, and let us consider how to stir up one another with, let us stir up one another with love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. Now, one scripture, King James Version says, all oh, you King James Bible readers, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together with other believers. Why am I coming together? Why am I assembling myself together? It's because I can grieve by myself, but I can grieve better with other people. Other people that I can lean on, other people that can help me, other people that can support me. And that's why it's saying, don't you ever get to the point that you just don't need to be around other people. I know we can't physically do it, but you need to be in community because that's what God designed. For you to be able to have somebody that you can text and say, I'm still not okay. I heard the word, but I'm still not okay. Either, and for those of you who say, I'm not going through anything right now, okay. Uh, well, that means you need to be ministering to somebody else because you're either in two stages. You're either in the stage where you need comfort or you're in the stage where you're supposed to be comforting somebody. You don't get an out for this message to be able to say this ain't for me. You're either supposed to be ministering to someone or you need to be ministered to. Which part are you in? In the stage that you need comforting or are you comforting someone else? And either, and we have to make sure that we don't minimize people's pain. Don't minimize what people are going through. Just because you're not going through it, don't minimize it and tell people you should be through that by now. You can't minimize what people are going through. The fourth thing is, uh, well, the only, another reason I know this okay, that I'm okay. The fourth thing is that God is also teaching me. What it means is God is always teaching me a lesson. Even what I'm going through, God is teaching me something. I, don't, I want someone to put in the comment section, he's teaching me, he's teaching me. Romans, the 8th chapter, verse 26 through 28 says, Likewise, the Spirit helps in my weakness, for I don't know what to pray. For those of you who are going through a season right now, you don't know what to pray. You're not by yourself. For those of you who are saying, I keep trying to find the words and I can't find the words, I don't know what to pray. That's why you have the Spirit of God. For those of you who say, I don't believe in the Spirit, you need to believe in it. Because you need someone who can intercede for you. Uh, when you go into different countries and you can't speak the language, glory. You need somebody who can decode what you're trying to say. And I don't know exactly what I'm going through sometimes. And I don't know how to verbally uh, express it. I need a Holy Spirit that can decode to heaven exactly what I'm saying. So the Spirit himself, I thank 
God for intercession. I thank God for people who will intercede for me. Thank God for people who will say they don't know what they're going through. They got an attitude, but let me pray for them. Let me cover them. Let me pray for them. Let me cover them. Let me pray for them. Let me me cover them. I've been in this thing a little bit longer than them. They think this thing is going to kill them, but I am subscribing to the words of Timothy Wright. Trouble don't last always. I want to intercede for them. Someone put in the comment section, thank God for the people who intercede and pray for me. And verse 27 says, he searches the hearts and the mind of the spirit for me. He knows what God wants for me. That's why it says he's teaching me something because 28 says we know that all things work together. Even painful experiences work together. I hope this is helping y'all who are going through. Painful experiences can work together. There is no change without growth. And there is no growth without pain. Say that again for all the note takers. Blessed are the note takers for they shall see the kingdom of God. There is no change without growth. And there is no growth without pain. Try putting on some of your clothes you wore at 16. There is no growth. (laughs) Try it. See how much pain is experienced. And some of y'all keep trying to put on old seasons that you've outgrown. You keep trying to put on stuff that you have outgrown. And the pain of trying to put on something you've outgrown. And the pain of trying to put on language that you have changed. And the pain of trying to keep friends that you have outgrown. And and the pain to trying to stay in circles that you have outgrown. And the pain of trying to stay in environments that you have outgrown. You have to be able to just tweet it out sometimes for yourself and say, I've outgrown it. And it's actually causing me more pain to keep putting you on than for me to just let you go. If I let you go, I might be able to wear this thing and walk into the season that God has designed for me but putting you back on is stripping me and holding me down and I can't eat right because I know you are the girdle that is keeping me from actually enjoying the meal and the blessings of God that he has on my life so I might as well just let you go 2 Corinthians 4 chapter 17 through 18 says for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us eternal weight of glory I'm almost through For we look at the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen, for the things that are not seen, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Some of you need to look at some things as transient. What does the word transient mean? It means it's temporary. Some of you keep trying to connect with transient people. Some seasons, some people are just there temporary and you have to acknowledge it and let it go and be okay with it and and be able to understand that that they're not not here to stay. Uh, For those of us who are uh, understanding what God is taking you through, what God is teaching you, God is trying to develop your character for heaven. You don't take your career to heaven. You keep trying to update your resume without updating your character. God is trying to prepare you for heaven to take your character there. So let me get out of that. Point point five is God is encouraging me. That's why I was talking about heaven. God has a future hope for me. Uh, 
uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, chapter 13 to 14 says, For we do not want you to be ignorant, my brothers, about those who are asleep, that they may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe, someone put in the chat room, I believe, since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, this is a believer's creed, even so, though Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. I feel like the anointed prophet, uh, prophetess of God, uh, uh, when, when Celie was out there and she said, this life be over soon. Heaven lasts always. That's my first color purple quote for the year and I'm through. I'll come back in 2022. You have to make sure that you say to yourself that this life is nothing in comparison to heaven. This scripture is encouragement to believers. Those of you who have experienced loss, those of you who experienced grief, and those of you who experienced all different types of pain, we, even though we cry when someone leaves, and even though we cry when someone leaves, our, and though we're upset, all that type of stuff, we don't grieve as those who have no hope. Because we know that we'll see them again. Uh, those of us who are not saved, you grieve because you don't know where they went. And that's why I want to make sure that those of you who are right now who have not given your life to Jesus, you have that hope to be able to say, if I give my life to Jesus, that means I'll be able to see them again. And I know we don't even preach messages like this. We don't even talk about heaven anymore. We just, we, and those of us who have experienced 451,000 deaths due to COVID, we want to make sure that as people are leaving here, that everybody who leaves here has a home to go to. We want to make sure that we're preaching the gospel. We're making sure that we're encouraging people. John, the 14th chapter, verse 1 through 3 says, I know I'm giving y'all a lot of word and I'm trying to get through this. John 14, 1 through 3 says, not, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house, y'all can already quote it, are many rooms, there are many mansions. Jesus said, if it weren't so, would I have wasted my time telling you? He says, I go to prepare a place. Uh, come on, Walter Hawkins. If you want to know where I'm going. If you want to know when I leave this world, where I'm going. Someone put in the chat room, I got a room upstairs. I, I, got, a, I got somewhere else I got to go. And I've got to be able to encourage myself to know that this is not the end for me. This is not over. This is not it. If this earthly tabernacle, this house shall dissolve, I have another building. Someone put in the chat room, I got another building. My last point and I'm through here. The last thing, this is how I know it's okay that I'm still not okay. I hope all those different things have encouraged you. But the last point that I really want to make sure encourages you is because after all that stuff, God's near me. God's with me. God will make sure that he gives me a family. God will make sure that he teaches me a lesson. God will make sure I'm encouraged by a future home but the last thing I want to tell you is that God will use it whatever you are going through God will use it someone put that in the chat room God will use it you want word for it Genesis the 50th, 50th chapter in verse 21 and verse 20 says Joseph says to his brothers he says you meant it for evil but God meant it for good you thought that what you did was going to be my demise, but it was actually setting me up for your deliverance. 
You thought that you selling me out and you causing me to go through these different things was going to cause me to go down, but it actually set me up to help you. God will use you. And I want to tell y'all something right now. Sometimes your greatest ministry will come from your greatest hurt. For those of you who keep saying, I don't know what my ministry is, check your hurt. Check your pain. Check what you're going through. Check what you're experiencing. Maybe your greatest pain, maybe your greatest suffering is setting you up for your greatest ministry. Because who ministers to the special needs mother? Who ministers to the child? Who, who, who ministers to the person who has an addiction? Who ministers to the person who has lost a child? Who ministers to the divorced person? Who ministers to the person who just left a same-sex situation and is now trying to walk in a new life? Who ministers to them? We leave them, but we don't minister to them. I lost everybody in the church. We keep saying who needs to be delivered. And I want to ask you, who's going to walk with them through the stage? Who's going to walk with them to deliver? They need to stop smoking weed. Don't judge me for what you don't do. If you haven't walked through it, you can't help me in it. If you haven't been in it, you don't know my struggle. But if you know what I've been, if you know what I've gone through, if you've been where I am, then don't talk about me. Help me. Walk me through it. You cannot minister to someone who has COVID until you've had it. You cannot minister to somebody who's been in house arrest until you've been quarantined like everybody else. You cannot minister. You can sit there and talk about everybody who's in church and you don't know how to talk. You don't know how to minister to it until you've been at home and you're saying, I want to go back to church like everybody else. But you're sitting there as safe and you're sitting there with your health and you're sitting there with your right mind. You can't minister to somebody until you've been in it and your greatest ministry is coming from your greatest hurt I want you to put a collar on right now in your room and say God is anointing me for what I'm in God is calling me right from the place that I'm going through that's what happened to Daniel when he was in the lion's den the very thing they threw him in God actually used it to promote him and to propel him to greater places and I want to tell you some of you are in situations that you think are going to take you out and are going to destroy you and it's not going to destroy you it's going to propel you and it's going to lift you and it's going to give you the greatest stage you've ever wanted some of y'all are waiting on somebody to invite you to clubhouse you don't need to be invited to clubhouse you need a minister to your house you don't need to be invited to clubhouse you got an invitation to your wife you got an invitation to your husband you got an invitation to your boo you got an invitation to your child you got an invitation to your dog you want to get in a club but you won't minister to your house you want to get on facebook but you won't get your face in the book You won't get on Twitter But you won't see what the characters God says about you You wait to be called But God has already called you Someone put in the comment section He's going to use it right now He's going to use me right now Come on Bishop G. Patterson That's Gilbert Earl Patterson I want to live so 
God can use me anywhere, Lord, anytime. Is there anybody's testimony right now? I feel like preaching. Only got a few more seconds, so I might as well. I want to live so God can use me anywhere, Lord, wherever it means, wherever I am. Come on, Karen Clark Sheard. The safest place in the whole wide world is in the will of God. Some of y'all waiting to get out of COVID. I ain't waiting to get out of it. I ain't waiting to get back in the building. I want God to use me right here. Some of y'all are saying, and you talk about me every Sunday, and y'all say, why does he preach like that? Why does he sweat like that? Why is he doing all of that in an empty building? You must not know. I preached in the shower. I preached when they were when they took my car. I preached when I was broke. I preached when I was sick. Matter of fact, downtown library in Lexington, Kentucky. I was preaching to a Bible study, and the Bible study became a church. And now the church is empty, but my soul still full. That's what Jeremiah said. It's just like fire. Up in my bones. How dare I not go through and talk about what he's done? How dare I not come out and talk about what he's done? Is there anybody watching right now? Is there anybody in the room right now that can testify that if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I would have lost my mind. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I thought March was going to take me out of last year. I thought June of last year was going to take me out. I thought November was going to take me out. And here I am in February. Still got my praise. Still got my worship. God's going to use me where I am. Put in the comment section. God's going to use me where I am. 2 Corinthians. First chapter. 3 through 4 says. Blessed be God. And the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of mercy. I want to thank God for his mercy. The Father of mercy. I want to thank God for his mercy. I want to thank God for his mercy. For those of y'all who don't know what mercy is, mercy means I deserve judgment. I deserve punishment. But mercy said no. I thank God that I might not have friends of mercy, but I got a Father of mercy. Friends won't forget, but God forgets. Put in the comment section, mercy, mercy, mercy. The Father of mercy and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all my affliction. If you got affliction, he will comfort you. If you got affliction, he will comfort you. If you've got a pain, he will comfort you. If you're going through, he will comfort you. You want another scripture? And my God will wipe away every tear from your eye. If you won't cry, he can't wipe it. If you don't have pain, he can't heal it. But there is no sorrow. There is no pain that heaven can't heal. Somebody in the comment section say, I'm a candidate for God to heal me. I'm a candidate to be blessed. Come on, musicians. I need the whole band because when I get to heaven, when I get to heaven, we sing it at every funeral. I shall wear a crown. When it's all over, I'm going to put on my robe. I'm going to tell the story. 
If you got amnesia, take it to Jesus. If you got suffering, take it to Jesus. Everything. 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 Everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forward. Oh, what needless pains we bear. All because we do not carry. Jesus, you can have it, Jesus. You can have my job. You can have my marriage. You can have my family. Everything. 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 Makes no difference. What the problem makes no difference. What the problem? I can go to God in prayer. He can work it out. He can work it out. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. He can work it out. He can work it out. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. I don't have one doubt. 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 Excuse me, but when I thought about it, 
you do me a favor in Mississippi there was a mother her name was mother Maddie McKnight and every once in a while she couldn't praise because she had gout in her feet so her feet were hurting but she said God's been too good to me not for me to give up praise so what mother Madden at night, she would get up and she'd be like, that's all she could do. And I know y'all at home right now, in pain, going through, sick and tired or being sick and tired. But I wanna ask you, what can you do? Can you give God praise in the midst of your grief? If you can give God praise where, where you are, God will meet you right where you are. So for the next 60 seconds, give him I am right where I am type of praise. Come on.
chicken. You can turn over your greens. But put that spoon down for a moment. And say, yes, you will. Yes, you will. He'll take care of me. Take care of my family. Take care of my mind. Take care of my soul. He will keep you. For, for everybody, for everybody at home and everybody watching who says, I don't think it takes all that. Well, you haven't gone through what I've gone through. You haven't experienced what I've experienced to know God like I know him. Paul said, I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. And in the power of his resurrection. That means you will suffer and you will rise again. Church, I just gave you a word. If you receive it, you will suffer and you will rise again. <laughs> Say it again. You will suffer, but you will rise again. Yeah. If you receive it. Say, I will rise again. Just everybody in the chat section say, I, I will rise up from the ashes. I will up, up from the ashes. Up from the I will rise again. I hear a heart beating again. You thought you were dead. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. You shall live again. You shall live again. Live, 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 live. over my time I'm way over time but Job said all the days of my appointed time I will wait till my change comes hold on both such hold on both soldier your work's not done hold on my last my last phrase I had for you I didn't think I was gonna get to it but this may not make sense but it don't make sense for everybody who's going through a not okay self qualifies me to be a blessed self. Say it one more time. A not okay self qualifies me to be a blessed self. All week long, say I'm not okay, but I'm still blessed. All week long, say I'm crying, but I'm still blessed. All week long, say I'm in between blessings, but I'm in between. Got more bills than I got money, but I'm still blessed. I got more Zooms than I know to get on, but I'm, I'm still blessed. I'm overwhelmed, overworked, and underpaid, but I'm still blessed. I got a job that feels like hell, but I'm still blessed. I got, I got managers and co-workers and people I report to that feel like demons but I'm still blessed though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death he's with me his rod and his staff 
they comfort me. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at My Growth Point. Until next time, keep growing.